This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason with your host, John Rush. Presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, welcome back. Hour two, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Since I didn't get time last hour, because we always have a lot going on with Dr. Kelly, and there's even some topics I had that we just didn't get a chance to get to, but there's always next week, and she will be back. And again, I appreciate her very much. Yesterday's impossible question, according to the research on, or one in five adults, deem this day to be the most challenging of the week, name the day, and it is Tuesday. Tuesday for just one in five. Keep in mind, as Michael Bailey mentioned yesterday, even if it were a higher number, he'd say, you know, Monday or whatever. But yeah, Tuesday is the one in five. Today's impossible question. On August 26th in 1978, this song from a major motion picture hit number one. Name the song. Charlie should probably know this one. August 26th, 1978, this song from a major motion picture hit number one. Name the song. I'll give you if I gave the hint, Charlie would already guess it, so I'm not going to give the hint because he's that good. So you'll find out tomorrow because Andy can give you the question of the day tomorrow. All right, I was reading through all sorts of things like I do daily to you know have things ready for the show. No guests this hour, by the way, just me. So if you have something you'd like to talk about or chime in about or even you know dovetail into what we were talking about with Dr. Kelly, feel free to do so. Three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. So I ran across an article, Wall Street Journal says, this is, this is by a lady by the name of uh, Joanna Stern. With an EV, I had to learn to drive all over again. Now, I, I actually like the Wall Street Journal. For the most part, their articles are pretty decent. They can get off in the weeds at times and can get pretty lefty, uh, and you just have to know what to pick and choose. This particular article, I don't wouldn't say it's lefty, righty, or in between. It's just more of a non-automotive person's approach to an EV. Personally, and I own an EV, I've not found it difficult to drive them. And no, I I have not had to relearn how to drive owning one. Now, I guess in her case, she gave some reasons behind it, as in, depending upon the EV... Some of them are sort of a one-pedal drive, sort of like an electric go-kart, where the minute you let off the accelerator pedal, the vehicle will automatically slow down, some of them all the way to a dead stop. Not like if you put the brake on, but similar. And in that case, I guess you could say you have to kind of learn to drive, but to me it's no different than driving a piece of equipment with a hydrostat drive they very much operate the same way and maybe because i'm used to those types of machines 
learning to drive an EV isn't a big deal. But in this particular writer's case, she felt like that was something she had to relearn. She also goes on and talks about how to open the car. Yeah, some of the car door handles on EVs are unique. You sort of run your fingers across them, and then they'll pop open, and then you can open it. Others, the door handle is there, but it's not really a handle. There's a little button on the inside because it operates electrically. They're unique. Now, I'm, as you guys all know, a clean freak, even when it comes to cars, or especially when it comes to cars. Clean as in, I don't like crap all over the car. Even when it comes to accessories and things like that, I like a nice, clean, sleek. I'm that guy that takes all of the emblems and the markings and junk off because I like it nice and sleek. So I like the EVs where you don't have door handles poking out and you can't see them because I hate door handles. They're ugly. They make a car ugly. I had a car in high school that I actually deliberately... We used to call it shaving the door handles. I took the door handles completely off. They didn't have, it didn't have a handle. My dad and I figured out a way with some solenoids and things where I had a button under the mirror that you push that actually opened the car door, and there were no door handles because I'm, Charlie's in there <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> yes, I am weird. <laughs> I'm just, Charlie says silly me. I'm just weird like that. So I like that part of an EV where everything is nice and sleek and smooth. And they do that, I think, to kind of be somewhat futuristic. And that is one of those things that they could adopt to every vehicle for all I care. Now, in her case, she's like, this is something new. I've never seen this. And it's something you have to get used to. And and yes, it is. Depending upon the, the EV, it is something you have to get used to. Her next one is how you turn the vehicle on. Now, every EV is a little different. Some just have a power on button. Others just start when you get in and have the key fob with you. Volkswagen kind of has that that formality or that form, if you would. You get in the vehicle and it automatically comes alive. Others, there's an actual button you push. Our Chevy Bolt, you push a button and turn it on, and you push it to turn it off to exit. And then she gets into the whole driving, as I just said a moment ago. You know, traditional automatic transmission have to kind of move the accelerator pedal to make it move. And if you're not careful, if you push it too fast, and that's maybe a learning curve for people driving an EV, if you push it too fast, I mean, zoom, you're gone. It's instantaneous. That's the one cool thing about an EV is the power is instantaneous. There is no waiting for the engine to, you know, quote, unquote, wind up. No, it is instantaneous. It is very invigorating to drive one. It's why I... Most days can't pry the Chevy Bolt out of my wife because she likes driving it because of that fact. It just performs extremely, extremely well. And then she gets into how do you know if the car is running? Well, I don't know. A lot of the new vehicles with even some of the newer engines and so on, they're they're extremely quiet as well. You don't necessarily know they're running either. You can hear the engine, but a lot of the EVs, of course, there is nothing running. It's just what it is. Now, the other thing she talks about is the charging side of the fence. Where do you charge? Some of them you know where it's at. Others, if you haven't driven it for very long, they don't necessarily tell you. Like on a car, a regular ICE engine car, most people by now should know this, but if you look at your fuel gauge on an ICE car, there's a little arrow there. The arrow tells you which side of the car 
you fill up with gas. So if you ever get in a rental car and you want to know which side's the gas on, you just look at the little arrow next to the fuel gauge and it will tell you, is it on the right or the left? Charlie, you didn't know that? Oh, I just taught you something. Yes, every ICE car for the longest time now, there's, it's just a little like a greater than or less than sign. Greater than would be on the right. The less than sign would be on the left. And it's not an actual arrow that says, dummy, the door's on that side. No, it's just a little kind of, it's not even an arrow. It's just the head of the arrow. Think of it that way, that tells you is it on the right or the left. And that, that little insignia on your fuel gauge is what that's for, telling you right or left. So if you ever get in a car for the first time and friend's car, neighbor's car, rental car, and you're like, okay, which side of the pump do I pull up to? Before you ever get there, just look down at the gas gauge, and you've been looking at it anyways. It'll tell you which side of the vehicle that's on. Now, some EVs do that. Most don't. Now, I will say this on EVs. This is where it gets a little confusing on EVs. Some of them, they hide the charge port under a taillight, or they'll hide it right next to one where you really can't see it's there. Some of them put it at the front of the vehicle, the back of the vehicle. The, I mean, they're kind of all over. It's not like on cars where all gas tanks are in the rear of the vehicle, so you pretty much know you're going to pull up to that rear wheel area, and that's where the tank is. EVs are all over the map. Our Bolt is on the left front fender. I've seen some that are on the right front fender. I've driven some where it's on the right rear, the left rear. They're kind of all over the map. And that part, I'm not sure why, because it's just electrical connectors. You could pretty much put it wherever you want. So I haven't quite figured out why they do where they, you know, why they put them where they put them. Teslas are all in the rear. Kind of in that, again, in a taillight area. Teslas are pretty cool, actually. Rivian, theirs come out automatically. There's a little button, and it actually opens the door automatically for you. They're all a little unique in that, and that is an area where there's no standardization. You really kind of have to know on the front side, where is that going to be? Now, I've got an interesting story about the charging aspect, and I want to dovetail this into the conversation I had a couple of days ago about the $6,000 quote-unquote subsidy you can get from the state of Colorado right now if you're one of the first people to do so, but you have to meet certain income requirements to do that, which I will also talk about. And what I'm going to talk about in regards to what happened to me last night, I think plays in greatly to this whole idea of giving low, lower income families the money to go buy an EV. Frankly, folks, it makes no sense, and I'll explain in a moment why. Uh, America, uh, Sorry, affordable interest mortgages next. Make sure I say that correctly. Kurt Rogers, who's a great friend of mine. Anything you need when it comes to a mortgage, he will explain everything to you. Any questions, just call him, 720-895-0500. Many of you are seeing your credit card rate around 18 to 21%. With the feds continuing to raise rates, it's getting harder to stretch that dollar. Take AIM, affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. If you currently have a low rate on your mortgage, but the other debts are not giving you any breathing room, consider refinancing and getting a blended rate in the fours. Now is the time. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Get that blended rate in the fours and lower your total monthly payment, six, seven, eight hundred a month. We can show you how to lower your monthly debt and keep more of your money, all with a low blended rate. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and serving Coloradans since 2001. Let us show you how to own your home faster and pay less interest. Our experience will save you money. 
720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. That's 720-895-0500. Start saving six, seven, eight hundred a month now and breathe again. NMLS 298-191. Regulated by door. Equal credit lender. All right. High Five Plumbing is next. And as I've said uh, really throughout the day today already, anything upgrade-wise or even just maintenance-wise you need when it comes to High Five, don't put those things off. Get it done now. Don't delay. Plumbing things don't just go away. Sort of like you and your body or your car and the medical things that would come along. It's just not going to go away. It's just going to progressively get worse and worse and worse. So don't delay. Call High Five and have them get things taken care of. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing knows that your drains are out of sight, out of mind. Until they back up, High Five uses a range of high-tech gadgetry to find out what's blocking your pipes and drains. From small augers to big rooters that slice through clogs like a hot knife through butter, they have the tools and knowledge to fix your clog fast, right, and permanently. High Five can solve your plumbing problem fast and educate you on what happened and how to prevent it in the future. Drain clogs can happen far from where you can see and for a wide range of reasons and causes. So when it is necessary, High Five uses a camera system to take video footage of the clog and show it to you so you can stop it from happening again. High Five also offers an enzyme treatment which is a bacteria that feeds on organic matter like algae, mold, hair, and other clog-causing material to keep your drains running freely. When your drains are gurgling and draining slowly, call High Five for this at 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE today or go to klzradio.com slash plumbing. Premier Home Remodels, make sure that you call them with any remodel project you're even thinking about doing, and they'll walk you through their whole process. 720-619-8773. Premier Home Remodels will customize your home so you can remain in it and grow comfortably for years to come. With their creative expert team, Premier can design the features needed or add the extra space to your home, making it more suitable for your family and safe for you to age in place. They're experienced in retrofitting homes, meeting all your needs now while ensuring you are prepared for the future. Premier Home Remodels will help you design the right changes to accommodate your entire family. And with Premier's years of construction and design experience, they know how to make the aging in place transition just the way you want it. They want you to have a home you'll be excited to live in. Let Premier help you today. Receive 10% off your remodel this slash remodel and let Premier turn your home into the ideal home for you now and in the future. Putting reason into your afternoon drive. This is John Rush. All right, we are back. If you can only hear the conversations Charlie and I have during the breaks, you guys would enjoy it. So anyways, talking about EVs. Now, I, Charlie reminded me. The $6,000 voucher, I guess is the way to say it, goes towards the purchase of a new or used EV if it meets certain conditions. It can't be over a certain amount and so on and so forth. And, you, and you, yeah, it's 4000 on you, 6000 on new. You have to trade a vehicle in, an ICE vehicle, so internal combustion engine vehicle in, on it. And then you have to be either on some sort of government assistance or make 80% of the medium income 
in Colorado, which right now for a couple is about $80,000. So I didn't do the math, but 65-ish or so or under or be on some sort of assistance. Now, I say all that to say this. That income level isn't enough to afford an EV. Some of you are going to say, well, why, John? Well, let me explain. It's not because of the electricity and the cost of and all of that. There's certain things with an EV, of course, you have to do to drive one. For example, it needs charged. And if it's to make it convenient and really usable, you really need to charge at home. Yes, you can go and charge at some of the charge stations and you could get by that way, but that's a lot more expensive than charging at home on your own electric rates you're getting there versus using somebody else's charge station. I have not done the math. I guess I need to do that maybe over the weekend and tell you what the difference in math is. But I would venture to guess it's double going outside buying electricity for your EV versus using it at home. I, I, I may be off on that. It may be more than double, but I'm guessing just from what I've seen and experienced and so on and just knowing what my own rates are, it's at least double of what you're paying now. Because remember, the services that are providing you the ability to charge the car aren't making money off of the electricity. They're making it off of the equipment, the apparatus, and the convenience they're providing you to charge said car. And depending upon the charging system that they're using, whether it's direct charge, DC, or it's you know a level two charger, depends on the cost of what you're getting as well. Because the DC charging, because it's so much faster, they charge you more. So the most convenient, cheapest thing to do is have a charger at home. Now, that comes with its own expense. You have to either have somebody come out and do the install, wire things up. You got to make sure you have enough uh, service in your panel to even do all of that because you need at least a 40 amp service, extra service to run that like you're going to run another dryer or something along those lines. You need that. Now, here's the other thing that can happen. And let me explain why this isn't always as easy as government would want to make it sound. Our Chevy Bolt. My wife complained yesterday morning that I don't think the car charged last night. When I got in it, the mileage was much, much lower than it should be, and I've checked all the settings, and it should have charged. Well, it didn't. And I said, okay, well, I'll look at it when I get home. Well, I didn't get home till later last night because we did some things after work, and I just didn't take time. So when I got home, I got everything all in, plugged it all in, looked at it, and sure enough, it's not charging. I go to look at my charger, I get my app out, I do a reset, I look online, I go through all of the processes. And keep in mind, I, as you guys all know, I'm a mechanically inclined individual. I ran auto repair shops, I was an auto technician for a lot of years, and I even wired my own plug and did everything in my garage, which again, not most people can do. I, I'm unique that way. I'm, I have an advantage. I didn't have to hire an electrician to do it all. Anyways, long story short, I go through this whole reset process. I'm troubleshooting. I'm looking. I'm looking. And I, I can't find any way to fix it. it. No matter what I do, it will not charge. Well, we happen to live not far from a charge station. So my wife's like, let me just run down the street really quick. You keep looking at this, and I'll see if the charge station down the road will charge it. I'm like, okay, good idea. Let's, let's see if that will at least work. That'll give me at least another idea of whether I'm on the right track. And I think the charger's bad. I don't think it's the car is my point. So she runs down the street, she goes down, she 
gets it all figured out, plugs in. Sure, sure enough, it charges. So we're like, okay, it must be our charger. So she comes back. By that time, I've already started the disassemble process of what I'm doing and trying to figure out what's going on with the charger and so on. And I get everything kind of apart, and I'm like, eh, this thing must just be, must be broken. I don't know. I'm just not going to work. And these are all driven computer-wise, so there really is no on-off switch. It's hard to explain, but it, you know, these devices, when you plug in and they sense the car and the fact that it's been plugged in, there's communication that goes back and forth between the car and the charger. It energizes and it starts charging the car. Sort of some safety things they've built in so that you're not running around with a live cord hanging on the wall of your garage. In other words, there's no juice in that cord until it's connected and the charger says charge. There's a little misconception there. People think, well, that wire hanging on the wall or hanging out there in the open, that thing must really be live. And if it falls down into a puddle or something, somebody's going to get electrocuted. No, no. They've thought through all of that. And that connector doesn't get live quote-unquote, until it's plugged into the car and the car communicates back and forth, then all of a sudden it'll energize. So I'm dinking around, dinking around. I'm finally like, okay. I even pull the wall plug apart, and I've got my meter out, and I'm checking, making sure I've got all the right voltages going to it because, I'm again, I'm, I'm diagnosing like you would with a car. You're critical thinking. Okay, what's the process here? Is the breaker on? Do I have all the right power coming to it, et cetera, et cetera. Is everything tight? So I go through all of that, take everything apart, everything's good, plug it back in, or put everything back into the wall. And I'm like, okay, the charger must be bad. Well, I'm also a weirdo because I had an extra charger. And Charlie's still shaking his head. So I'm like, okay, I'll get the other charger out. It's not the exact same charger I have now, so I had to do some reconfiguration. Keep in mind, this is 1030 last night. Most people are in bed by now, but I'm like, I'm, this thing is not, I, I'm also one of these guys where I am not letting any mechanical item beat me. I am, I am, a man made it, a man can fix it. That's my attitude. So I'm like, I am not going to bed until this car charges. I don't care if it's three in the morning. I'm fixing this thing to make sure it charges before I go to bed. So I get my other charger out. I have to do some rewiring and I have to take a cord off of the old charger, put it on the new one. And again, fortunately, I know enough about how these things work where I can get all that done. And to my credit, I'm done by like 11. Took me half an hour to get everything all rewired and changed around. I get the new one hanging up and I go flip the breaker. I go plug in the car. Sure enough, boom, it charges. No problem. I'm good. I'm like, okay, now I can go to bed. And I did. But here was my thought with all of this. If I were one of these individuals now that had gotten credit for buying a car that I probably couldn't afford in the first place, and I now have paid an electrician to put all this apparatus on the wall, and all of a sudden I go out one night and it doesn't charge, what's the repair bill going to be to go through and put another charger on the wall like I did last night? You get an electrician out. He's got a minimum charge. He's got to go through and do the diagnosis like I did. He has to make sure that everything's working properly. He's going to take all the same steps I I took. And at the end of the day, if the charger you hung on the wall is not under warranty any longer, or even if it is, you're getting another charger to install on the side of the wall of the garage or outside or wherever you put this thing. So my Richard and I today kind of went through it in our head and kind of figured it out. You've now just spent another thousand bucks minimum for what I did last night to rehang the thing on the wall if you pay somebody to come out and do it. 
Tell me how somebody in the income level they're wanting to help with these cars is going to do what I just did last night. How, at the end of the day, does that help these individuals with their transportation needs? It can't. It can't. Bill, hang tight. I'll take a quick break, give you plenty of time when I come back. Anyways, that was my story from last night, and I wanted to apply that to this whole voucher thing that we're doing because at the end of the day, none of that is helping those individuals. I will go as far as to tell you this is going to harm them, not help them. And my story last night, everything, by the way, happens for a reason, I believe. That story last night validates my thoughts on this. I'll be right back. Golden Eagle Financial is next. And again, speaking of finances and how to get where you need to go and you need the right help and guidance and accountability, that's where Golden Eagle Financial comes into play. Al Smith, 303-744-1128. When you go it alone, saving for retirement, Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial knows you take on significant risk for making the wrong moves with your hard-earned money. When you work with Al, performance may increase up to 20% more than employer-sponsored plans or with automated services. As an experienced advisor, Al uses over 30 years of retirement planning experience to help you understand what drives a good retirement plan. Al gets to know you personally so he can understand your goals, fears, and needs and gives you the best guidance possible given your unique situation. Approaching retirement doesn't need to be difficult. You just need the experience of Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial to direct you on the smart way to go. So visit klzradio.com money now to schedule a no-strings-free consultation and take control of your retirement plan. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor, BCM, and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Speaking of cars and everything, I just space to take care of you. And they'll have a really busy day tomorrow, but next week they'll have a lot more time. So whatever you need, give Extreme a call today. Find them at klzradio.com. The hot temps around the Denver metro area are just getting hotter. And Extreme Auto Repair wants you and your vehicle to stay cool. When the heat outside swelters, you are at a much higher risk of your engine overheating and failing, leaving you stranded and waiting on a tow. You know to check your coolant frequently, but did you know that low engine oil can also cause your engine to overheat faster? This is especially important in the mountains where your car is driven much harder than on flat ground. Simple things like regular oil changes done on time with Extreme Auto Repair can help protect your engine and keep you safe. In the harsh and ever-changing Colorado weather, it's important to make sure that your car is always in tip-top shape. And Extreme Auto Repair will help you make that happen. Appointments are required for services and inspection. So to schedule your visit to Extreme Auto Repair, go to klzradio.com extreme today. Okay, in our home transitions, don't forget to ask about their re-up program, which gets you more money at the end of the day with a remodel that you don't have to pay for. Find them today at klzradio.com. You're stuck. You need to sell that house. Inflation means a remodel is going to cost a fortune, and high interest rates means your price is spiraling by the day. KNR Home Transitions uses a revolutionary new service called ReUp to do it all for you. ReUp will remodel your home at no upfront cost and split the profit with you when the home sells. Think about it. Sure. 
You could remodel the place yourself, put in the work, hire and pay the contractors, clean the messes, and market it online yourself. But your time is valuable, and you don't have months to do it and foot the bill for the work up front. You want your place sold now and for what you feel it is worth. K&R knows your market. They know what sells, and they can be a one-stop shop so you can go about your life without worrying about the stress that comes with doing a remodel to sell. Get started now by going to klzradio.com home or call them at 720-437-8210. That's 720-437-8210. Now, back to Rush to Reason, presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, we'll take a call real quick. Bill, what's going on today, sir? Hey, John. So How you know, are you, Bill? I'm doing well. Yourself? Good to hear from you. I'm great. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, you brought something up a second ago regarding the uh, tax credit, and that is that there was a requirement to turn in your ICE uh, vehicle. Correct. So that... Re- that made me immediately think of cash for clunkers. That's so right. That's what they're stuff. calling it. Actually, they're literally calling it Colorado's cash for clunkers. Get out of here. Wow. I'm not joking. So we all have collective short memories because that was a train wreck of it a It was program a disaster. Yes. 12 years ago. So that's just, uh, I, I work with people that have EVs and a couple of them have actually had to cancel long weekend trips because of range anxiety and the uncertainty of uh, having a high-speed charger functioning yep. en route. Yep. And they're like, well, we're just going to cancel. Yep. And these are these are vehicles with some serious range, too. So, oh, and, and these are most likely, uh, Bill, individuals that wouldn't qualify for this credit because they probably make too much money. Precisely. So think about precisely. if this was your – you traded your ICE vehicle in, you're now at that medium income level or you're on some sort of government assistance. How are you leaving town, Bill? You're not. 15-minute city, right? There you go. Yeah. There you Anyhow, go. I'll leave it there, John, because uh, I don't know how long I'm going to have cell reception. You're perfect. Take no, care. Bill, thanks. Appreciate that very much. Good talking to you, and, and glad you're doing well. And, yeah, folks, put yourself in those shoes. You're already struggling to make make ends meet. You're – because I – let's face it, folks. You live in this front-range area making less than 80000 a year as a couple, most likely at that point you've got a family, kids, and so on, or you're on some sort of government assistance already because that's what qualifies you for this either $6,000 voucher for a new vehicle, $4,000 for a used one. I have no idea what the value of the car is that you're trading in. I can get a pretty good idea, but bottom line is you're still having to figure out how to buy a, at minimum, $45,000 EV. The max you can spend on them one in this program sixty. So let's just say it's forty five ish. First of all, they're not going to have forty five. They're going to have to finance that some way somehow. Even if they've got a decent, let's let's do the math. Let's say that they've even got a decent trade that's worth ten thousand dollars. And I'm being generous. So you've got a ten thousand dollar trade. You combine that with your six thousand dollar voucher that you now get. So you can take your forty five thousand dollar car. And you can minus off of that $16,000. That's still $30,000 roughly, twenty nine. You'll have tax and stuff, so it's going to be thirty. You got $30,000 that you still have to figure out how am I going to pay. Now, remember, these are people that are either already on government assistance or they can only make about $65,000 a year as a couple. And I again, I'll make sure before we before I get accused of not having my math route. Let's let's take the medium income of eighty thousand dollars times 
80%, yeah, $64,000. I was pretty close. So 64000 combined income, husband and wife, is all they can make to qualify for this program. Now all of a sudden you've got to add a car payment into what they're doing because they're most likely, well, we already know. If they're on assistance or they're at the 80% medium income, they don't have $30,000 in the bank. I'm making assumptions that I think are pretty accurate. And I'm not, by the way, this is not to put anyone down. I've been there. I've been one of those individuals. So I am not talking bad about anyone. I've never, ever in my life been on government assistance. I did every single thing I possibly could to not go that route. I've been that broke, though. Literally, I've been that broke. Never had to. Somehow figured out. How not to have that happen, but I know what it's like to be on that income level. Trust me. So I, I don't want anybody to think that, that I don't understand what that world is like because I know it very well. I was talking to a, a, a person today that you're going to hear about on Tuesday that's going to become a new sponsor of ours, and we've known each other. I had no idea. We sat down for a meeting today, and I had no idea who this was that was coming in for the meeting, and we looked at each other, and I said, Doug, and or he says, John, and I said, Doug, and we had a great conversation he and you'll hear about him on tuesday he's a guy that knew me all the way back in the times i'm talking about where i literally didn't have a pot to pee in and yes i've been that way so i know full well what this is like and i know what it's like to have an extra thousand dollar expense come along that you're not planning i know how debilitating that can be. Some of you are saying, well, John, what $1,000 expense are you talking about? I gave you the story of what I went through last night with my charger on my EV. And these people are not going to be able to afford this type of automobile. One other thing Charlie wanted me to add, even though some of the maintenance on an EV is less, it's not maintenance-free. There's a misconception there that I'll talk about more on Drive Radio in the coming weeks. There's a misconception because they're not maintenance-free. There's still maintenance to do. No, you don't do oil changes and those things, but you still have other things you have to do. And tires, tires go out, wear through, I should say, much, much more quickly on an EV than they do a regular vehicle. And some would say, well, why is that? Two reasons. Two reasons only. Well, three, actually. Three reasons. Number one, they're heavier. So an EV typically will weigh 30%, if not more, than its sedan or H or SUV counterpart. Most people don't realize, but a Tesla weighs the same as an F-150. So a Tesla you know, a Model S weighs the same as an F-150. The batteries are extremely heavy. So anytime you add more weight to something, it's going to put more wear on the rubber tires. For example, I checked the air pressure on my Bolt last night. It's a very small car, and yet takes 38 pounds of pressure. That's the requirement for a tire that normally would be at 33 to 35. Why? Because it's a heavier car than its counterparts. So number one, they weigh more. Number two, regenerative braking. Not only are you wearing on the tire going forwards, you're wearing on the tire as you slow down because it's helping you stop as well. You're not using brakes. It's typically using the regenerated braking, which comes out of the wheel and the tire. So now we have two things as to why tires don't last as long. Weight, regenerative braking. Third reason is what I said a moment ago. They're fun to drive. 
It's instant power. As soon as you hit the accelerator pedal, you don't say gas pedal because there's no gas, but as soon as you hit the accelerator pedal, they're off. Well, the harder you drive a car, the more it wears the tires as well. So those three things are why they wear faster. Charlie says, we'll just go to Costco. Well, good luck. All EVs, to my knowledge, I haven't seen much difference here, use what we call run-flat tires. What is a run-flat, you may ask? You don't need a spare. Why, well, why wouldn't you have a spare? Well, where are you going to put it? The entire floor of most EVs is that. There is no space, extra indentations, space in the, space in the trunk, and so on, to put a spare tire. So the majority of EVs use what we call run-flat tires, which means if you run over a nail or something along those lines and you would normally get a puncture, the tire self-seals. And or if it goes flat, you can drive to the next place on a flat. They're built heavier so that if you end up with a flat that doesn't seal, you can run, you can drive to the next place. That's why they're called run-flats. Now, there's a cost to that. I did the math. My Chevy Bolt compared to the regular sedan Charlie drives. We just did the math. My run flats, not counting extra labor, which, by the way, they're usually more money to mount and take care of because they're harder to deal with than a regular tire, but with just the basic cost of the tire, not mounting, balancing, and all that, Charlie and I figured out my Bolt, which is a smaller tire than, than what Charlie's using, $350 more per set than what Charlie's buying. And some of you are like, John, where are you going with this? I'm going all the way back to this voucher program, Cash for Clunkers in Colorado, that's giving somebody that's got low income the ability to buy an EV vehicle with a $6,000 or $4,000 voucher. How are they spending an extra $350 now on tires that wear out twice as fast? So now it's seven. Now it's... What, $700 more? For, in probably the same time frame, Charlie, actually, I should have thought of that. In the same amount of mileage Charlie's driving, by the time I put two sets on, it's now $700 more. How are low-income people going to do this? They're not, folks. I, I'm, I'm really, this is ticking me off. I'm critical now of this whole program, not that I wasn't originally, but the more you talk through this, the more mad we should all be because all the government's doing now is preying on low-income people. How is this helping them? How is helping a low-income person buying an EV vehicle helping them? If someone out there from the state that is in charge of this program would like to call in and answer that, please do. Lines are open. Tell me how at the end of the day, after everything I just went through, you're helping a low-income family with a car, with transportation. You would be better off giving them a $6,000 voucher for gas. Yeah, I just said that. You'd be better off to give them a $6,000 voucher for fuel than you would be to go this route. You're not helping them one iota by giving them these vouchers. You're hurting them. You're actually going to drive them deeper into the poverty they're already in, not lift them up. But isn't that, by the way, what government loves? Let's keep our thumb on you. Let the golden rule work. That is the guy with the gold rules. Let's make sure that we can rule over you and make sure you can't leave the city ever. 
This ticks me off. I'll be right back. American National Insurance is next. By the way, that's the other side of this, insurance costs. Take a new vehicle and your insurance costs just went up, which they now have to have full coverage on versus maybe the old one they didn't because they've now got a lien on this car. This just gets into the big, huge nightmare that it really is. So American National Insurance, though, uh, my good friend Paul Lewenberger would love to help you. 303-662-0789. Paul Lewenberger will teach you how to pay for home insurance the right way. Saving money on premiums while protecting yourself from catastrophic costs in the future. American National Insurance keeps premiums low by attracting clients who choose to self-insure the small stuff. Most people don't understand basic economics, so they file claims all the time, driving up the cost of insurance year after year. You listen to Rush to Reason, so you probably have a better head on your shoulders, financially speaking, than the average homeowner. Still, you can learn new strategies from Paul Lewinberger to practice responsible money management. The smartest homeowners only file claims in emergencies, opting to pay out-of-pocket for everyday expenses. Personal responsibility benefits everyone, enabling you to afford total loss coverage. Call John's personal insurance agent, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance for details about his one-of-a-kind rebate program, 303-662-0789. Michael Bailey Law, Mobile Estate Planning. Make sure that your estate is in order today. And I said this yesterday, but for you to get things done by the end of the year, you need to call now. Find him at klzradio.com. There's an old superstition that some people believe that says that if you start planning your estate or completing a will, it could lead to death of the signer. Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, wants you to know that he has never, not one time, caused a person signing their will to meet an untimely demise. Michael comes to you, so there's no chance of a car accident or other fatal trauma. He is so sure that he will not cause your death that he will guarantee that talking about your death will not welcome it or your money back. In fact, Michael Bailey is proof that it won't because he talks about death every day with clients and he's still alive. There are plenty of flimsy reasons to put off getting your affairs in order, but fear that it will trigger your death is not one of them. So reach out to the mobile estate planner, Michael Bailey, today. Go to klzradio.com estate and fill out a short form that he promises will not cause you to perish prematurely. All right. Speaking of cars, trading, all of that, Ridgeline Auto Brokers, which, yeah, they're sensible. They'll tell you exactly what car you should get, how to help you do it, how to finance it, the whole nine yards. Find them at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. 
Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. Now back to Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Dave and Thornton, go ahead, sir. You're up. Hey, John. Something else I was just thinking about when you were talking about the uh, bottom line costs of everything. Assuming that these people can, or can meet whatever uh, income guidelines are required of them, more than likely wouldn't that mean that they're also living in either government-subsidized or uh, low-income housing? Possibly. So that's the case, is that landlord going to allow that charging station to be put in there? And if he does, mm. at whose cost? Good I guarantee point. it's not going to be at the landlord's cost. It's going to be at the taxpayer's cost. Uh, you just brought up a great point. I, again, Charlie and I were just saying through the break, the more you think of this and the more avenues we go down, Dave, the worse this gets. So far, we've not made one thing better. No. And the thing is, it's not. It's a neat idea. I like the whole idea. I, I like the whole idea of solar and everything else. But the thing is, the science, our infrastructure, our technology isn't there yet to push it out to the masses. And more importantly, it's not about generally even being more green, it's about they don't like the gas engine. That's right. They don't like oil companies, and it's it's a, a plan by the left to put those businesses that they do not like to cancel them out and for, to, for them to enrich themselves because it's their companies that they're investing in that are going to be benefiting the most. Yep. yep. You're correct. So, You're correct. That, that's, that's what I got to say. It's, 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 it's all a scam, and, and all it is is, is uh, income redistribution. You know, from uh, the taxpayer's pocket, from the working man's pocket, into the, you know, liberal elite's pocket. Yep, you are right. You're 100% correct, Dave, 100%. Again, no matter how we shake this up, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Oh, yeah, 100%. Dave, thanks. Appreciate you very much. Tito, you're next. Go ahead, Tito. Hey, John. Good evening. Hey, so here's what's happening. I mean, everything, if you connect the dots, you know, here is Proposition HH coming in November. Right. Now you have RTD installing thousands of cameras now other, you know, train stations. Um, you got to remember that the socialist communist agenda is to make the poorer poor and to make the middle class poor. So they can rely on those services like public transportation, RTD, etc. So, yeah, they're going to, it's a trap. You know, those, all those people that are going to be purchasing these vehicles, you know, on this program, I mean, it's, they don't even, they don't know how to change their own spark plugs in their vehicles, let alone condensers, points, etc. So when these vehicles um, are broken, they're going to put more money into these vehicles, leaving them poor, yep. unable to mobilize, yep. and ultimately rely on, you know, the public transit that is available today and so basically this is how the politicians bureaucrats and uh uh special interest parties you know that's how they they get wealthy on the on the poor you know because they're going to be pushing for more of that stuff more more rtd buses you know more uh, train stations, etc. So yeah, and, and I read, Tito really quick. I just read a few more of the requirements for the trade-in vehicle. It must be, of course, gasoline or diesel powered. It must be at least twelve years of age or older. 
or the vehicle fails an emissions test, the vehicle's title must be in the participant's name, blah, 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 blah. Okay, bottom line, Tito, everything you just said is spot on, and Charlie and I forgot to even add into the extra expenses. Your insurance, your registration, everything on that newer vehicle or new vehicle is going to be much, much higher than it was on your 12-year-old vehicle you're getting rid of. Exactly, and if you have a 20-year-old vehicle, you can get classic plates. You know, if you have to just use that vehicle for seasonal work or something like that. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of sad how the government take advantage, the socialist communist governments take advantage of these people that are not able to think uh, and, and see the consequences of purchasing this type of vehicle. Yeah, yeah, so, Char- yeah Charlie and Atito were saying that this this is another one of those examples where, yes, there's, there could very well be some nefarious things behind this and also could just be a bunch of bureaucrats sitting around a table saying, hey, you know what? We, we could do this and this and this, and this will be awesome, and it'll look good in the press, and blah, 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 blah. And no one sat there and did what I just did, Tito. Exactly, nobody. But I'm going to tell you one thing. This is not just in Colorado, by the way. True. This is a global problem right now. True. Even in, even in third world country, they're offering these vehicles to people with 15-year loans. Wow! Um, wow! You know, people that I know, um, people that are that people that are smart in these countries, they're like, leave me alone with my carburetor vehicle because I'm not gonna buy that. And yeah, they keep putting these vehicles at uh, shopping malls and stuff like that to try to, you know, excite people. Uh, you know, some people are actually thinking and they say, no, this, that car looks pretty and everything, but it's gonna be a headache um, ahead. Thanks, thanks to things like social media, you know, like. YouTube, you can see these vehicles catching on fire in places where it rains a lot, particularly, you know, Central America, Asia, etc. You are spot on, Tito. I'll let you go with that. Perfect. Thank you, as always. Somebody asked, can I run through the cost of charge in EV? What are the differences between a full charge and a quick charge? Folks, that's one I will have to do a little research on and get back to you. I've never used a DC quick charge to tell you what the costs are. My son Richard has, so next time I have an opportunity to sit down and ask him, he can tell me. I can tell you right now, it is significantly, significantly higher to do DC fast charging than it is to use any of the level two chargers. So it is a much, much bigger deal. Trust me on that one. So I will get the exact numbers and let you know. Um, also, did I mention the extreme more? Yeah, we, the more expensive cost for the registration and so on. Yes, we, that and the insurance, what they just mentioned with Paul Lewinberger a moment ago. Yes, all of those extra costs go up. Now, will they save on some maintenance? Possibly. Again, EVs are not maintenance-free. Charlie also mentioned, I want to make sure that I add, if they buy a used EV and they don't go through all of the proper checking of that vehicle to make sure that the battery is in good shape, it's got good life, and so on, you can end up buying a vehicle that then ends up needing a very expensive battery replacement in the not-too-distant future. Again, now how have we helped them? We haven't. And yeah, and Charlie said, remind all of you how much batteries are anywhere, folks, from fifteen to twenty-five thousand dollars to replace an EV battery. And the fifteen is on the low side if you can find somebody to replace it with, you know, a repair. By the way, repairing the existing battery pack cells, et cetera, that are inside the vehicle. Very, very few of them can be done for less than ten thousand. Josh up at Legacy in Boulder because we're really getting into the EV end of things is looking at buying a lift. 
because you have to have a special lift under the car. Once the car is on a rack to get the existing battery out, you need another lift to even get the battery pack that's in the vehicle out because of how heavy they are. It takes a special lift just to take the battery out of the vehicle. So think about the costs involved in going through a battery replacement on an EV. It's not cheap. They make it sound like these are cheap, easy vehicles to own and operate. Folks, they're not. That's a misconception government wants everybody to believe. It's not true. Roof Savers of Colorado is next. Make sure that your roof is really in good shape and that nothing has happened through all of these storms we've had. And if you've been involved in any of the storms, get your roof inspected prior to winter. Dave Carr can do all of that and do a replacement if needed. 303-710-6916. Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep a durable roof over your head. This isn't Rage Radio. This is real, relatable radio. Back to Rush to Reason. Somebody also asked, how long do EV batteries last? That is a big, um, that's a who knows. This is like a regular battery in a regular car. Depends on the driver, how it's driven, how it's charged, how it's maintained. Lots of factors, and some of them will run well over 100,000 miles. There's some Chevy Volts, that's with a V as in Victor, that are running around that can get up to you know a couple hundred thousand miles. It really depends. There's some Teslas running around out there that don't get 100,000. So it really does vary on the vehicle, how it's driven, who's owned it. And so on. There's a lot of factors there. Thank you, by the way, for the question. All right, hour three is next. Don't go anywhere. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.